Funeral Startups, episode number four. We've been able to help people who never would have had the opportunity to buy a business in funeral service who certainly deserve to have one and can operate one effectively. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Funeral Startups, where I chat with entrepreneurs in the funeral space. I am your host, Tyler Fraser. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Doug Gober, a veteran of funeral services for 36 years and one of the finest public speakers in the profession. Welcome to the show, Doug. Thank you very much, Tyler. It's great to be with you, sir. Now, in September 2014, you started Gober Strategic Capital. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about Gober Strategic Capital? Yes, uh, Gober Strategic Capital was was begun to allow me to be uh, go beyond the scope of just uh, funeral home financing. I had been working with Live Oak Bank for three or four years doing that kind of work, and it was very, uh, very fulfilling and very profitable and very successful. And uh, Gober Strategic Capital was created as an independent business just to expand on uh, that aspect of the business that I had already uh, kind of been exposed to, to give me the opportunity to get more involved with uh, funeral home transactions and transitions. Uh, this is a business that is in great flux and needs to be. Uh, the uh, average owner in a funeral home in the United States, I don't have any specific statistics on it, but would assume it's probably even in the 60s possibly. And and so there's a lot of business transition, uh, succession, uh, one firm buying out another, those kind of things that need to take place. And I found an opportunity to uh, be able to be involved in the transex- in the transaction as well as in the piece of the financing. And so that business, my business was created to uh, allow me to expand my personal offer into uh, into that aspect of the transactions. So on this show, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about what Gober Strategic Capital does um, and also give the listeners some insight on getting funding for their funeral home or funeral startup. The two main pieces that Gober Strategic Capital does is help with the uh, buying and selling of funeral homes and also a big part of that is the financing. Is that right? That's correct. But I will say that uh, the key word that you said was help. Uh, I'm not involved in brokering, you know, actively uh, accepting uh, brokerage clients where I'm seeking a buyer or seeking a seller. I'm only uh, normally expediting with a buyer and seller to help them put the transaction together and move it forward through the financing piece onto the, the the completion of the transaction and the completion of the transition of that business to the new owner. And so just to be clear about that, I'm, I'm, I'm not in the buying and selling of businesses. I'm in the expediting of that transaction taking place. I can help it with letters of intent and all the non-legal work that needs to be done to uh, either get a business ready for sale or to get a uh, uh, a buyer and a seller on the same page as far as what's necessary to complete the sale. Okay. So for a funeral home or a funeral related business like my company, UPD Earns, what are two things that a business would need to get funding, the, the, the most important things that they need? The, the, the number one thing, and you would be amazed at how frequently this is not available. 
but the number one thing would be to to be on top of their financials. Uh, funeral homes around the country uh, are so focused on the service aspect of what they do, they don't always and are not always on top of having up-to-date tax returns and financials. And the very first thing either a seller, excuse me, a buyer or a banker is going to ask for is the financials of those businesses. And so up-to-date financials are a must. The second thing I would say is that the transitioner, which would be potentially the seller or the buyer, have to be very committed to this is the direction they want to go. There is a lot of second-guessing going on in these transactions. And inevitably, a seller gets cold feet, realizes that uh, he's not going to get what he thought he could get, what his business is actually worth, rather than what SCI was paying for businesses in the 1990s, which is what he thinks it is worth, um, because those days are gone. And so um, the sellers really have to be mentally committed to this transaction. They have to be ready to move forward or something will bog it down. Um, it is not uncommon for me since becoming an independent business person and even before just with my work with Live Oak Bank, it is not uncommon for me to have uh, worked with someone for two years or more to complete a transaction because of various things that can and will get in the way. And uh, so I would say the second most important thing is both buyer and seller or borrower and lender have to be committed to the transaction. And so, uh, number one, you got to have your financials in order, and it will stun you how frequently someone will call me about a loan or about funding for a transaction, and they haven't filed their taxes in three years. That would... That would be a real surprise to, to you and to your listeners how frequently that occurs. Yeah, and I can attest that having a, a good accountant that does the books on a monthly basis changes a lot about a business. And not just a tax person, but someone that can give you useful numbers, like how much, um, how much money do you have? How much do people owe you? And it's it's had a pretty uh, dramatic effect on my business in the past in the past year. I've really been looking harder at at getting more valuable uh, key performance indicators. Exactly. Not only from a receivable standpoint, but from an operational standpoint. Uh, operationals, of of course, including receivables. But if you go beyond that, just in how how much more efficiently can I operate this business? You know, uh, can somebody who has you know knows the difference between a church truck and a trocar actually be able to uh, to look at my funeral home financials and say, okay, you, you appear to be a little over uh, expensed here in this particular area or another. Uh, there are great companies out there who do this kind of work and do it very well. You know, companies like Federated and uh, Foresight and uh, Johnson Consulting, they all have these various accounting uh, offers, and they're all good. Uh, you know, uh, I have my my personal preferences, but even a, a, uh, and occasionally a local guy is good at this, but more times than not, a local accountant may not be on top of his game from understanding the nuances of a funeral operation.
And so his his advice is is limited to putting numbers on a page that somebody gave him from the funeral home. I'm delighted that you use the word trocar. Uh, it reminds me of the Trocar Motorcycle Club, and uh, uh, just a shout out to them. You're listening to Funeral Startups. We're chatting with Doug Gober, and we'll be right back just after a message from our sponsors. Ring Ring Marketing specializes in helping funeral homes get more leads from online directly to their phone line. After years of successfully helping businesses grow, Ring Ring Marketing founder Welton Hong wrote Making Your Phone Ring with Internet Marketing for Funeral Homes. This book is packed with proven strategies and clearly explains what works and what doesn't work for funeral homes to generate more leads. The book costs $19.95 through Amazon. But for funeral radio listeners, it is completely free. There's no catch at all. We even pay for the shipping. To get your copy today, call 888-383-2848 or simply go to www.funeralhomebook.com. Service Corporation International is looking to grow our group of talented professionals while enhancing your career development. We offer competitive wages, a great benefit package, career growth, performance incentives, and bonus opportunities in some of our positions. Here is a listing of our current openings. You can apply by visiting sci.jobs or by emailing your resume to talent acquisition at sci-us.com. You're listening to Funeral Startups, and today I have on the show Doug Gober of Gober Strategic Capital. Doug, what are some of the biggest reasons businesses don't get funding or a deal doesn't go through? In most of these transactions, Tyler, um, there are really two main elements. Will the uh, cash flow of the business being acquired, and this could be uh, a son purchasing from a father or a fee simple sale occurring where the, the location has two funeral homes and they're buying one out in the next town, any of those kinds of transactions, the very first thing is, will the cash flow of the existing operation, operating business support the new debt that's to be incurred? And on many occasions, because of either the price being too high, unrealistic from a debt service standpoint, that can get in the way early. The second thing that we would find, again, probably surprisingly how frequently this occurs the second item is what is the credit worthiness of the borrower, uh, the person you know initiating and buying the, the the place in the next town or whatever. What is their credit worthiness? And it, it stuns me again how frequently uh, service-focused funeral professionals have never looked at what their credit score is. And uh, just like TSA, we are at the mercy of what those people say. And uh, every one of your listeners and everyone in America who intends to ever buy anything other than groceries needs to know what their credit score is because they control the access to money in the United States. And it is surprising to uh, many borrowers. Uh, I, I have a tremendous example of a firm that I'm working with right now who is one of the best operators I know. And he has a huge business, has a tremendous uh, volume of business. 
and it was buying an, a, 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 another couple of small firms that came available. We were doing the financing for him, and there was one item on his credit from five, four or five years ago, one item, and it caused his credit score to be 100 points less than it should have been. Uh, it was still good, but in this particular uh, circumstance, he had never missed a payment in his life on anything except some bizarre item that he didn't even know about. And it's those things you don't know about that can show up there. Something gets mailed to the wrong address, never gets followed up on. The credit score thing controls the world as far as financing is concerned. And so, uh, again, to just to reiterate, number one would be, is the cash flow of the business strong enough to support the debt that's to be incurred? And that's an analysis that I can do. It's also an analysis that a lot of people can do in this business who are very good at it. Number two is the credit worthiness of the borrower. Those are the, 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 two, the two things we're most looking at and the two things that tend to get in the way the most. And I would just to add a third one, I would say the third one would be cold feet, either on the part of the buyer or the part of the seller. The seller realizes, again, that he can't uh, recover out of this uh, transaction what he thought he could. His business is not really worth what he thought it was, even though he's committed to sell it. And suddenly he changes his mind and decides, uh, well, I'll just wait until I'm 80 instead of selling it at 75. And that's how you end up with a business full of elderly people owning businesses that they should have sold 15 years ago. We have a plethora of that in funeral service which, by the way, makes opportunity for people like me very high. And it's, mm -hmm. the, it's the reason I'm so excited about the work that I'm able to do today is because it has led me to realize that there is a real need for these businesses to transition. And in some cases, not every case, of course, but in many cases, we've been able to help uh, people who never would have had the opportunity to buy a business in funeral service who certainly deserve to have one and can operate one effectively to have that opera, uh, opportunity to own one. So that's a very fulfilling part of what I'm doing, but there's certainly a real need for it to be, for it to be done. And uh, just with the credit score, some of the uh, credit cards that are available today and checking accounts will offer a free uh, credit score and you can check it at any time like the Chase Slate card I feel like I'm constantly checking my credit <laughs> because uh, I have access to it and that's kind of a, a nice feature Doug um, I know you do a lot of public speaking and you're at a, a lot of the trade shows what's it like building your firm you know Tyler I've been so fortunate in my time in this business now for almost coming up on 40 years that that I've uh, uh, I've been around a lot of smart people, and they've taught me a lot of stuff about not only this business but business in general. And I've the opportunity to to uh, to be around the country and share that with other uh, people in funeral service who are trying to get better. If you're attending a convention, you normally at least have a an interest in getting better. Uh, the challenge uh, with convention programs and building that piece of my business is I don't build it. I just accept the offers that are extended to me. Uh, actually, for the first time this year, I've actually uh, asked a few people if you would be interested in me being there. But 
I have done uh, 14 state or national uh, convention programs just since April the 15th of this year. Wow. And so um, uh, I'm very fortunate, and then I get the opportunity. But then to me, what's important is what do you do with the opportunity? What, you know, do you have something to say that is interesting and will, you know, keep people, uh, keep people's attention for more than uh, three minutes? Uh, uh, Some of the uh, continuing education events that occur uh, around the country are not the most interesting stuff. They may be the most important, but they're not always, you know, the most interesting things like OSHA and embalming and those things that are important are really kind of table stakes. And I'm trying to, you know, bring stuff to market, uh, uh, as are other folks that I know that are, you know, not only interesting, but offer people stuff to think about on how they can get better. How can funeral service be better? I don't spend much time in my presentations talking about financing or transitioning of businesses or any of that kind of stuff. Um, I, I feel like the audience will probably know what I do for a living, and if they need my help, they'll ask for it. But while I'm in front of them, I want to try to encourage them about some way or another to make funeral service and their place of business better and to have them leave that one hour or two hour or in some cases eight hours of presentation with something they can go home and implement and do something with and uh, or at least give them something to significantly think about and that's worked and so i've been very fortunate uh through the years to to be able to uh, i guess you say be on the circuit a little bit uh, uh, i don't know that there is a circuit in funeral service but there are certainly some you know the nfda convention program which i'll be participating in in october and the iccfa uh, convention that was just in new orleans these are all uh, programs that I've been fortunate enough to be involved in, as have many of my, uh, the, some of the, the people that I know who are really at the top of their games as well. I'm very fortunate not only to be on those programs, but to be on them on occasion with some really great people that I love to be, uh, uh, you know, thought of in the same sentence. So it's it's a real privilege for me to be able to do that. I enjoy it. Uh, I think the audience gets a little bit out of it to go home with, and that's really the whole purpose of uh, having a continuing education program to begin with. And I think the humor that you weave into your presentations makes them a little more interesting as well. Um, And I know you just flew in yesterday from a a trip. You do a lot of traveling. What's your daily routine like? You know, uh, Tyler, if somebody looked at my schedule uh, they would say, okay, who makes your schedule for you? And I said, well, I do. And they said, well, why do you do it like that? Uh, what I'm trying to do is fill every waking moment with something that uh, is productive, not only uh, from an income standpoint for myself, selfishly, but also to, uh, you know, to be out there kind of forwarding the cause, if you will. I've always believed that if, if we're helping others get what, what they want, then, you know, that just kind of trickles down and my daily activity uh, can be as bizarre as yesterday where I was on an airplane for six hours but sitting in an airport for four hours because of delays and I was on the phone for that entire four hours and so I'm either and uh, I'm either on the phone uh, talking with a cl- an existing client or talking with a new opportunity and I'm getting those on a daily basis as well or I'm in front of people implementing or 
uh, working. Uh, I do a lot of in-house, uh, some in-house training. That's what I was doing this week. I did uh, uh, from Monday morning until now. I did eight hours of in-house training at a funeral home. I did a uh, a client visit in that same town while I was there. I did then an, an opportunity visit where I went to see a gentleman who was looking to uh, do some financing and do some uh, things that he was looking at in his operation and refinance some debt, add a crematory. So I happened to be in the same town where he was in the Northeast, so I made those three stops, and then I left that stop, flew across the country um, pretty much late in the evening to get there very late at night so that you start again the next morning in a new place. In the new place, had a an opportunity where I sat down with both the op, the potential buyer and the potential seller and just began that negotiation. And that was yesterday. And I got home about 1.30 last night, and here I am talking to you this morning. And so that was just the first four days of this week. Uh, and that's kind of normal. I'll, I'll have an, uh, on, on this occasion, I'm actually having a, a client meeting on a Saturday because it was my only available day for the r- remainder of July and August, and, and they uh, were urgently wanting me to be there. So I'm actually driving four hours tomorrow morning to another client meeting to help uh, expedite a business for a couple that I've known for a long time who called me to see if I could help them. I know that I can. And they're they're neither in good health. The owner is in his 80s. The wife is uh, has a terminal illness and she's struggling. And uh, she's in her mid 70s. And when they call and say I need your help, I'm going to go on the first available day. And so even this weekend, I'm I'm out doing this work. Well, Doug, I can't thank you enough for making the time to be on the show and joining me on Funeral Startups. Tyler, thank you so much for the opportunity, sir. I uh, I, I appreciate the the uh, the funeral business that probably in a way that no outsider ever could. And um, I just I love this business. I love what I'm doing. I'm very excited about what may happen tomorrow, and uh, it's very rewarding and very fulfilling. And I look forward to uh, to working with you again in the future, and and many of your listeners. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I hope to make time for uh, one of your breakout sessions uh, at the NFDA. I'll have a booth there, and um, you'll also be performing with your rock band. Is that right? That's correct. We will. Uh, uh, we have, uh, about seven years ago, uh, as many people know, uh, my wife is a professional musician and uh, one of the few people in our group that actually has talent. And... Uh, we put together a rock and roll band of funeral people from all over the country. And the word has kind of gotten out on that, and NFDA contacted us, and we're actually going to perform at the opening night uh, reception that's going to be held in the the old train station that's adjacent to the convention center in Philadelphia on that Sunday night opening. for the. uh, So our rock band will be playing that night, and then I'll be on the program on Wednesday morning at the NFDA convention in Philadelphia. I'm looking forward to that very much. Terrific. Well, we'll see you there. Thanks so much for being on the show, Doug. Tyler, thank you for the opportunity, sir. I'll talk to you again soon. Listeners, thank you for listening to Funeral Startups, a podcast about emerging ideas and companies in the funeral profession. Until next time.